Okay, let's get started with Parshas Truma, Tavshin Ayin Gimel. Just one scheduling note, next week, Be'ezhem, the show will be on Tuesday. Tuesday, because I uh, can't give it on Wednesday, but Be'ezhem, Tuesday, we will have it one day earlier. Next week, we'll be in Yane, Parsha Zachar, also, Tetzave, Zachar, Purim, uh, various issues uh, next week. But today, we start Parshas Truma. Parshas Truma, if we didn't say it last week, then it's for sure this week, the uh, <laughs> the chilek between the men and the boys in terms of Parsha and Chumash uh, and Rashi, but we just have to dig in a little deeper and, and appreciate the messages of the Torah Shebech even if it's uh, not as agadic as the earlier parts of the Torah, but there's uh, an infinite amount of messages, as we say, by every parsha in the book. So we start off, we haven't uh, looked at his words in a, in a number of weeks, the words of the Lubavitcher Rebbe regarding the name of the parsha. Isn't it fascinating? Ask the Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Lubavitcher Rebbe is Meir, that the name of the Parsha, which has to do with building a house for God, is called the Contributions of Man. Truma. That's the name of the Parsha. The way to build a house for Hashem is Truma Me'adam. That's the name. Truma means contribution, since the Mishkan was constructed from contributions made by the Jewish people. But why is, it, why is the Parsha about God's house named after man's contribution. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, that's the point. Hasidic thought teaches that God created the world because he had a plan, but the plan contains a clause. The plan is that Hashras Hashchina should take place. The cause is that man brings that Hashras Hashchina. At the giving of the Torah, God stated his plan. He taught us that we could reveal his presence in the world by performing the mitzvot. But at that moment, the past two parshias, it was all from Hashem. It was all Harsinai, Yisro, Mishpatim. That's what Hashem does, what Hashem does, what Hashem does. Now Truma, what we do. Now we meet Him. Now we do what could bring the continuation of Harsinai. As we have discussed in previous years, the Ramban, at the beginning of the parsha. Uh, in this week's parsha, and a number of times throughout the parsha, the Ramban emphasizes that the Mishkan was supposed to be a bridge, a continuation of the Har Sinai experience. The Ramban does not hold that the Torah was r- not written in chronological order. The Ramban says Truma is supposed to follow Har Sinai before the Ego, not like Rashi. Says the Ramban, the Mishkan is a continuation. How do we continue it? Har Sinai, Hakadosh Baruch Hu came down. He did it. We didn't do anything. And we were on the lowest levels of Tumah. We were building up and up and up. But really, it was HaKadosh Baruch Hu coming down. Hashem says, but now it's up to you. Now it's up to Truma Tetzav. It's up to you. So yes, the Parsha of the building of a house for Hashem is named man has to contribute and act in order to bring that Hashra'as Hashchina. And then he says at the end as well, on the right side, a problem with this Parsha is that it appears at first glance to be obsolete. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> the Mishkan was a temporary structure which was superseded by the Temple in Jerusalem. Right, the Mishkan, it was, there wasn't even a base of Mikdash. It was a Mishkan that was there for a, for a, for a couple, of, couple hundred years, but it had one, one advantage that the Bate Mikdash did not have. And that is, it was in the Midbar. What's the message of the Midbar? We could bring Hashra Sashchina anywhere in the world. Even in the most far-flung places, even in the most unusual situations in our life, as the Lubavitcher Rebbe would say, Kedarko Bakodesh. 
It's our job to bring the Kedusha. We do that by truma. We do that by acting, by contributing with our money, with our time, with our efforts. If we do truma, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us a Mishkan. So we read Truma every year, year after year, to remind us that we have to bring Yadus, we have to be Mashpia and Marbit HaKadosh Baruch Hu's values throughout the world to the most distant places and even in the most distant situations in our lives, which we think are unusual, but it's our job to be Mekadish. Okay, that gets us started. Now we talk about for a couple of minutes... The main question that we talk about every year, what exactly is the purpose of the Mishkan? We've spoken about the halachic issues in the past. Now we're going to see something very unique, which we haven't seen before. And we'll start off, we'll have two separate thoughts. We'll start off with the words of Rav Salvechik. In the Divrei Harav, in the third volume of the Seth from Rav Shechter, in the Divrei Harav, he has a drusha there that Rav Salvechik gave out of Sheva Brachos. So this is uh, food for thought. And Divrei Torah to be used at any Shevar Brachas, right here. Eich Tzrichim, so we're not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to read parts of it. Eich Tzrichim Zug Dati L'Rahedas Beitam. How does one furnish their apartment? What does one have to think about before they're about to furnish their apartment? In the spiritual realm. How do we spiritually furnish our apartment upon getting married? I'm not talking about couches and beds and tables. That's not my focus. When we set up a house, when we set up an apartment, how do we do it? Says Rev Salvechik. Well, if we look at how God's house was set up, then maybe we will be able to figure out how our house must be set up. And just like in God's house, there are physical vessels that have symbolic meaning. So obviously, maybe those messages can also be for any newlywed, and not only newlywed, anybody who's been married for any amount of years. We always have to constantly review and strengthen. So let's look at Parshish Shuma. And he starts off with the question of many of the Rishonim. And that is, if we look through Parshish Shuma, we have all the Kalim. Right, remember, this Parsha is all the Kalim, and next Parsha is all the Begadim. All the Kalim of the base of Migdash are listed in Truma, except for one. They're all here. One is left out. In Truma, we have the Aron, and we have the Menorah, and we have the Shulchan, and we have the Mizbeach, and we have the Krushim, and we have the Urios. We have everything, except for one. There's one Kli that is left out that is delayed until the end of Parsha's Tetzaveh. The end of next week's parsha, and that, as is known, is the mizbeach hazahav, the little mizbeach, which is quoted at the end of, which is described at the end of the parsha next week. Perek lamid shvi'i in tetzaveh biasisa mizbeach miktar ketores aseishi timta asoso, describing the measurements. Right, it's three names. Each of the mizbechos, each of the two mizbechos, have three names. The Mizbeach HaZov, the Mizbeach HaPnimi, the Mizbeach HaKtores. It's all the same thing. Synonyms for the inner Mizbeach, the outer Mizbeach. Mizbeach HaNechoshes, Mizbeach HaChitzon, and Mizbeach HaOla. Three names for the outer Mizbeach. Because the Ola and the, and the Ktores are the symbolic carbonos that are given on each one. So the question already that the Rishonim ask, and the Akronim, the Klayakar we mentioned a number of years ago, talks about it. Why? 
Why is this one kli left till the end of Tetzaveh? That is Rav Salvation's question here, as many ask as well. Line 10. Besides the three kalim that he just described, which were the menorah and the shulchan and the aron, right? what are the four special kalim in the intensely kadosh area? So obviously the aron is in the kadosh kadashim, but the whole area is called the heichal. Even the Kodesh Kodashim has Kedushas Heichal, it's just super Kedushas Heichal. In the Heichal, we have the Menorah, the Mizbecha Pnimi, and the Shulchan. So the Mizbecha Pnimi is left. The other three Caleb are mentioned here, in our Parsha. So the question is, why? What do these three Caleb symbolize? The Menorah, the Shulchan, and the Aron, in contrast to the Mizbecha Zahav. Why is that left? So the Eben Ezra has a suggestion, which is very difficult to understand what he says. He is cryptic and very concise. The Rav quotes the Eben Ezra. Line 15. The Eben Ezra says, V'yesh tamua. This is 900 years ago. The Eben Ezra asked this question. Lo Where is it? Why is it left? mashal. The tshuva, I'll give you, is a mashal. Ki kavod lo yamush. The shechina does not leave. Lo yamush. Al kein ha'aron demus kisei. The aron symbolizes a chair. A kisei. What does that mean? Vehine ha-menorah v'shulchan aruch. And the menorah is there and the shulchan is set. Umoshe eskilu b'nei Yisrael achar ha-menorah v'chein b'maaseh. That's it. That's the whole Eben Ezra. What's he trying to say? The Aron is a, is a Kisei and the Menorah and the Shulchan are there. V'dvar stumim v'tzrichin bi'ur. What exactly is the Eben Ezra driving at? Says Rev Salvechik. V'hanira lomar b'kavanaso. I think this is what he means. The Eben Ezra is driving at the purpose of the Mishkan. And once we figure out the purpose of the Mishkan, we will be able to relate that to every Mikdash Ma'at, every Bayis Ne'eman that is built in Klal Yisrael. What does he mean? Says the Rav. V'anir lomar b'kavanaso. Shetachlis binyan ha-mishkan. Hi lorak l'shem ha-kravas ha-karbanas. It appears in the words of the Eben Ezra that the purpose of the Mishkan is not purely a place for ha-kravas ha-karbanos, which the Rambam says, as we'll see later, Be'ez Hashem, if it's just about the Mizbeach, if it's just about Karbanos, just build the Mizbeach. What do you need? A whole fancy structure with curtains and other beautiful vessels. Just build the Mizbeach. If that's what you're interested in, right? what do you have up until now in history? Right? Noach and all the others, they all build Mizbeachos. So you don't need a whole building for that. Elanira de Iker Tachlis Binyan Amishkan Hayalasos Bayis Lashem. Literally, we can't fathom it. It's hard to understand. But you know what Hashem told us to do? Build him a house. Build him where the infinite could be mitzamsame himself into a house. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that Hashem is only in the house. Hashem is not physical. But Hashem commands it so we can have an inkling. So we can have a place to go visit 
God, so to speak. So we can have a place to be inspired because what takes place there will inspire us in the spiritual realm. It's really to build a house for God. The Alpizel line 28. So now, says Rev Salvechik, here's Ben Eben Ezra. So the Eben Ezra is describing when you build a house, what are the basic ingredients in a house? What do you need to build a house? These three kalim, and we'll talk about how in a minute, these three kalim, the shulchan, the menorah, and the aron, help create the house. The mizbeach hazahav is what you do in the house once you have the house. You service, you worship, you bring a carbon, you mock your katores, but that's not part of defining and building the house. That's afterwards. Once you have the house, you live there. That's the living in the house. But how do you, you need certain basic ideas and, and structures and values in the house before you move in. Part of the definition of building the house. So, so how, what are these three? Unbelievable. He quotes the Psukim in Malachim, which many are familiar with through the Gemara in the first parak of Brachas. Right, because how do we know Navi? Generally through the Gemara. Otherwise, we should all know Navi through the Navi. But that's my uh, push for learning Tanakh. Wonderful. Anyway, line 35. How do you know when you're going to have a guest over, when you're creating a guest room? So what do you have to have there to make the guest comfortable? Well, let's look at the story in Tanakh. When the Isha Hashunamit says to her husband... Let's make an apartment. Let's make an apartment for the Navi that's going to come visit us. The Nasimlo, before Elisha, Elisha's going to come. What are we going to put in the apartment? Mita, Shulchan, Kisei, Menorah. You see where this is going. A bed, a Mita, a Shulchan, you need a table, a desk. Kisei, similar place to sit, U Menorah. And the Isha Shunamit says, when he comes, he'll go. He'll come and stay there. It'll be comfortable for him. Says Rav Salvechik, unbelievable parallel. Parallel to what Elisha, what the Isha Shunamit says. How do you build a house? How do you make an apartment? The Mishkan. We are building a house for God, so to speak. Hashem is called in a number of places in Navi. The one who sits between the Kruvim. And in the Tarchuma, Kisi HaKavim Mechuba Kenegat Shnei HaKruvim, Shari Ben Moshavu Shal HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kavi Yachol, again, this is all, Kavi Yachol. The Alkein, next page, Yesh Lahachshiv Esa Kaporesh, in Shnei HaKruvim, Kedugmas Kisi Umita. The Kaporesh and the Kruvim, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence and his voice radiates from, and we hear, Mi Bein Shnei HaKruvim, Whatever Hashras Hashchina means, the intensity of Akadosh Baruch Hu resting His presence on this earth. Where does He sit? Where does He stay? He stays on the Aron. That's the Kisei slash Mita. And then we have the other two are perfect: Shochad, Shochad, Menorah, Menorah. But that's part of the creation of the house for Akadosh Baruch Hu. V'yal Yedei Menorah v'Ashochan Harinish Lemudal Arakelim. Shalamanu Misha Shunamis. Says Rav Salvechik, we take the Kalim from the Mishkan. Why dafka those? Because those are the ones that were needed for a human. Hachnas Archim. Vidavar Pashut. And again, Rav Salvechik emphasizes, 
line four. She'en HaKadosh Baruch Hu Tzarech L'Kol Eilu HaKelem. Hashem doesn't need any Kelem. Hashem doesn't need a house. It's all for us. It's all to give us the opportunity to have a place to go to be inspired. It was a narrowing. As we know, he's not physical. What does it mean to build a house for the infinite? We are emotional people. We are affected by our emotions. And we are we have to feel. Where do we feel close to Hashem? Why do we feel something at the Kotel? Why? HaKadosh Baruch Hu did that for us. He created places of sanctity, places of Kedusha, not because He needs it or that He go, so that we feel His presence. And that's the message of the building of the Mishkan, and that's why the Mizbeach Hazav is left to the end of next week's parsha. Because the Mizbeach Hazav doesn't have to do with the creation of the house. That's what you do once you have the house. You build the house. You have lights, and you have a bed, and you have a table. It's exactly what happened in the Mishkan. A perfect parallel. Once we have the house for God, so then we can then do our Vodah. That's later. That's at the end of Parsha Tetzaveh. But that's what the Ebenezer says. The Aron, go back to his words. He, what did he say? The Ebenezer said that back on line 16, 17, Aron de Mus Kisei. And then you have him in Aron the Shulchan. That's exactly what he is, what he is saying. So now continues Reb Salvechik now. Go towards the bottom. In the parentheses, he discussed how the Rambam, he thinks, would reject all of this. The Rambam never mentions that the Mishkan is a house for God. The Mishkan is a place where you can give Hakravas Hakarbanas. So the Rambam, in his following his rational bent, and he wouldn't say this. He might give a different shot why the Mizbeach Hazav is, is delayed. But the Eben Ezra and the Ramban and others, they could definitely hold of, of this idea. Says now Rav Salvechik finishing up on line 49. The Ein Hekish Lamechza. You cannot compare only in one direction. We learned Mishkan from the Isha Shunamis. But now we could go the other way too. The Imlafit Dibrihab and Ezra. And this is where the Sheva Brachas message comes in. Or the under the Chuppah message comes in. Hamishkan Yachole Hafech Labayas. Habayas Hapratisha Yehudi Yachole Hafech Kemishkan. If the Mishkan could be a house for God, then our house could turn into a Mishkan. It goes both directions. Shagamanu Yacholam Larech Azakanish Brachu Bebeitenu Aprati. We can also bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu in to our house, just like the Isha Shunami says. With what? Mita, Shochan, and Menorah. What are those three? What might be symbolized? Mita, a bed, Taras HaMishpacha. A Shochan, a table. Kashrus, Hachnas Azorachim, the Chesed one does. Menorah, Kiner Mitzvah, the Torah or Talmud Torah in the house. The three tenets, three of the tenets that a house is built on, with such furniture, with such furniture, where the relationship is built on Kedusha, where the kashrus and what they bring into the house and how their ma'areach and the chesed that they do, the shulchan. Remember the amazing medrash that Rabbeinu Bachai quotes in this week's parsha. We mentioned it a couple of years ago that there was a, a custom in Sarfas in France, 
that people used to make their coffins out of their dining room table because of all the chesed that they did at the table, because of all the aniyim that came to that table, they wanted to take that with them. So that was the unbelievable custom, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar quotes right here in our parsha that they used to take the table, the shulchan. That's the message of the shulchan. And then we have the message of the menorah, the message of the Torah that occurs in a house. So if that's the mess, that's the mishkan, that is our houses as well. Okay, so that takes us through Waimez Be'achazav and gives us an insight into the purpose of the Mishkan. One other related issue. One or two other related issues. Again, this is the main, before we get into some of the details of the materials that were used, a related issue in source number four in terms of the <coughs> purpose of the Mishkan. Rebnissan Alpert makes an appearance again. Source number four. Mipnei mahut Torah. Again, the same general question that we've been dealing with. Why so many details? So many details. Just say, B'nai Yisrael built a Mishkan. And they built an Aaron. And the, no, every little nut and bolt is described. And every little, how the, how the, the chains and how the clips are connected to each other. So many tiny details. The Mishkan was for them. The Torah was given for us. What message do we get from all these details? Why does it list it? Why did Hashem have to give them such details? And what's the purpose? So Reb Nissan Alpert has two ideas. One of them relates to a little bit of what Reb Salvechik said. Line 8. It was built for Am Yisrael. So you know, before going with Rashi's pshat, before the Cheta Egel, assuming the Egel was before the Mishkan, we didn't need a Mishkan. The Mishkan was inside each one of us. Only after the Chet we need a place. How do we create a place for God? If we wouldn't, have all the details listed in the parsha? Says Reb Nissan Alper. You know what we might have said? They had a mishkan in the desert. Oh, it must have been like God sent down bricks from heaven and 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 built the mishkan and and wood. Obviously, such a spiritual place had to have spiritual ingredients. Says Reb Nissan Alper. No, the Torah goes through every tiny little raw material because the way to bring kedusha is to start with the Gashmias and sanctify what we have. There's nothing magical. There's nothing beyond our reach. It's all about taking what's in front of us and using it the proper way. If we would only have in our Torah that Hashem commanded us to build a Mishkan without going into the details how it was commanded, we would think, should Sarech live knows by Yislashem, Midvarim, built Tivim. How do you build a house for God? Supernatural. Supernatural, spiritual. The Mishkan has to be floating in the air. It's got to be from one of these, you know, science fiction, you know, books. That it's, it's a mid-air. What, God's going to have a house on earth that you can walk into? The law of no. Hashem says, you want my presence? Connecting to what we started off with from the Lubavitcher Rebbe? You build it. 
Vagshamim shabonim et bateim, the same materials that you build your house with, you build, you build my house with too. But you just make it special. Mikrashim mizava chesed, ki ikr tachaz hamishkani lahachin is kedusha, lidvarim hagufaniim vaartsiim. As we know, the major message of the Mishkan is a physical place for God to dwell, the finite housing the infinite, but it all stems from human input, human endeavor, human nidava. Point number one. That's the emphasis of why it lists everything over and over again. Vishenis, and then there's a second point, he says, on line 16. Vishenis. The Mishkan was there to bring the Shechina. How do we bring the Shechina? Well, maybe we can have our own opinion. How do we bring Shechina? I think A or B or C. I think this is all, these are all great ideas to bring the Shechina. Right? Nadav and Aviyah also had great ideas how to bring the Shechina. But that was called an Eish Zara. Says of Nisan Alper, you know why? How to bring the Shechina? Follow every nitty gritty detail of halacha, and then through that, if we appreciate it, we don't have to do it by rote. But following every nitty gritty nitty gritty detail of halacha, what God wants, ultimately that will bring inspiration. Hakadosh Baruch Hu knows what is good for us. You know why there are so many details? That's a second message HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us. Not just that. Kedusha and spirituality comes from the physical world. And we're makavish the physical world. We do not reject the physical world. Maybe other religions do. We do not. We take the world around us and uplift it and sanctify it. But even more than that, how do we do it? How do we bring Kedusha? We don't go make up our own, our own ways, our own spirituality, which might depend on where you are and who you are and what generation you're in. No, there are eternal ways. We can't rely on human calculations to try to figure out like some rabbis do in our day and age. Says Rav Nissen Alpert. So uh, 50 years ago, if I allow, if I allow my kehila to do this, if I give them this non halachic kula, so then that will allow. If I allow them to drive to shul on Shabbos, then they'll be in shul and Mela, they'll be inspired. We can't second guess Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The way that we bring inspiration, the way that we get close to Hashem, is following every detail of the Torah as was done. In Vayakam Apakute. Kasher Tziv Hashem Es Moshe. Kasher Tziv Hashem Es Moshe. So, just to summarize, three ideas about the Taklus of the Mishkan, the ultimate purpose, Rav Salvechik, based on the Eben Ezra, to create a house for God, paralleling it to a real house, the Isha Shunamis, and connecting that to the house of each one of us, number one. Number two, says Rav Nissen Alpert, to emphasize that physical means is what brings spiritual goals, number two. And number three, that the way to get close to Hashem is by following every detail of the Shulchan Aruch. Okay. Now we get to the Psukim. Get to the Psukim. We'll start off with the Medrash, which we've discussed numerous times. 
But once Rav Nissan Alpert is open, so we will read his words about the Medrash as well. The Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha, again, we've touched on this, says, the Truma, he quotes it in source number five. Hadahu Dichsiv, Kilekaktov Nasati Lochem Torasi Altazovu. I gave you a Torah. And then Hashem says, after giving us the Torah, build me a Mishkan. What's the message? Mashallah Melech Shaisalabas Yechida. We know the Medrash. A king has an only daughter. An only daughter. It's time for her to get married. So all different potential suitors come and they want to win her hand in marriage. And finally, a lucky potential prince comes. He's the one. He's the one. So she comes and says to her father, you know what? I found the right guy. Found the right guy. We're going to go back to live in his, his kingdom. And the king says, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. On the one hand, you have to get married. And I have to give you over to this, this wonderful, princely young man. But on the other hand, you're my only child. You're my only daughter, and I, I can't bear to be away from you. I can't bear the thought that you're going to be so far away from me. So I don't know what to do. Oh, I have a plan. I have a plan, says the king. Go back to your kingdom. Go back. Build your own palace. But always build an extra room. Build an extension on your palace. So whenever I want to come visit, whenever I want to be with you, I can be with you. That's the medrash. That's the marshal. The Nimshal HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I love, uh, the Torah is the blueprint of the world. Says the Majors, third line. I can't bear to go away from the Torah. Whatever that means. The Gemara says HaKadosh Baruch Hu learns Torah, but I can't bear. But say to say that you're not going to get the Torah, I also, that's the purpose of the world. I have to give you the Torah. So you know what? Take the Torah, but always have an apartment for me. Always have a place for me. Always have a place for me. So much ink has been spilled about explaining what the message of this medrash is. What exactly is the take-home idea that we are supposed to take? And there is an Alfred asked the question as, HaKadosh Baruch who's all over the world. So what's the, what's the message? What's the message of... of minimizing and making a specific area for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says of Nisan Alpert, line 11, Pitgam ha'olam, Shemerov ha'ilanos, Yafshaliros says hayar. The saying goes, sometimes we lose sight of the trees because we're just focused on the forest. Merov ha'ilanos, I'm sorry, the opposite. From the number of uh, so many trees, you don't realize that you're in a whole forest. I said it backwards. Ulif Amim. We can focus on this tree and that tree and that tree. We don't take a step back and realize what's in front of us. Says of Nissan Alpert, sometimes we can be so focused on what we're doing and so, as we're supposed to be, involved in Torah and mitzvot, but every so often we have to appreciate and realize what's the goal of it all? What's the goal of all the 613? It's to bring us close to the Nosein HaTorah. Not just to fulfill the Torah. Yes, it's to fulfill the Torah. But every once in a while, we can't forget the mitzvah from the mitzvah. By doing the mitzvah. But 
not forgetting about the mitzvah. Sometimes, says Limudi Nisan, we get involved. Aloha Adam Lishkoach is no Sena Torah. Vishatachlisa Vagamagamasa Shala Torah, he chuvo maisim tovim yerashamayim. We get involved, but sometimes we lose the forest. Vinidme kiiluha esek batora, baadurs dineha. We think that the ultimate goal is what's in front of us, which it is. But there's an ultimate beyond that, realizing that this is bringing me and this is representing my connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ukeilu yira shamayim iyinyan tfaliva agavi shirak ame haratam oskimba. No, our connection to Hashem, our yira shamayim, that plays a major role. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, says in his opera, beautiful, Yisro mishpatim truma, I'm giving you the Torah, but don't forget about me. Don't forget that I'm here. Don't take the Torah and forget the Nosein HaTorah. What do we say every morning? Birchas HaTorah. We focus on Torah, 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 and then we say, Baruch HaTorah, Nosein HaTorah. We focus on the Nosein HaTorah also. We don't want to forget it. We want to put everything in a context. Every mitzvah has a mitzvah. The Torah has a Nosein. And so that we don't Make such a mistake. That's why Kadosh Baruch Hu told us to build him a house. Don't think I left. I'm still connected to you. I still want the connection to you. So Truma is an exact Hemshech. It cannot be separated from Yisro and Mishpatim. Har Sinai, there's the Torah, but there's also the Nosein HaTorah. Once heard of Pshat, sort of it now connects, the Gemara in Sota tells us that there were four brisos made by every mitzvah. Lil Modelah made Elishmarvelasos. We say it every morning. Lil Modelah made Elishmarvelasos. What does that mean? So once heard of Pshat, every mitzvah has four elements to it. Lil Mod, before you do the mitzvah, you've got to learn about the mitzvah. i got to learn about the halachas of the mitzvah. That's part A. Lil Mod. Lil Amed. Every mitzvah is, in, is an opportunity to share my knowledge, to be mashpia on others, to teach my children, to teach my students, to teach my friends, to teach my co-workers. Lulamed. Every mitzvah has the potential. It's not just for me. It's to inspire others. Lilmod. Lulamed. Skip for a moment. Lasos. That's actually doing the mitzvah. The Misa mitzvah. What's the lishmar? Lilmod. Lishmar. Lishmar maybe means guarding the Mitzvah, seeing how this mitzvah and my actions fit into Jewish history, fit into my larger connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Guard that. Shmira. Shmira is a larger entity. That's what Rav Nissen Alpert is talking about here. Not just the Lilmot and the Lalame and the Lasos, but the Lishmar. To remember and to realize that every mitzvah is... An amazing end as it is, but also we have to remember and recognize. And the Nosein HaTorah is also something that we must focus on. Okay. Let's get into the parsha. Parachaf, hey, Gimel. Beginning of the parsha. Let's start. Let's start. 
Truma, Meis, Kalisha, Shayidvenu, Libo, Tichu, Esterumasi. So take my Truma. Vizosa, Truma, Shatichu, Meitam. This is the Truma. Zahav, Vachesef, Unachoshes. Gold, silver, and copper. We go through all the materials. Tcheles, Argama, Talashani. All the materials are listed here. The Oros Tachashim, or the special animal that was created just for that time. But the first three are Zahav, Kesev, and Achoshes. A lot of ideas said about those three. But there's a Medrash. Let's read the Medrash quoted by Rav Schwab in the beginning of, of source number six. Fisa Bishmos Rabbah. Zahav ze Avraham. Zahav, the gold is Avraham. Shenivchan bekifshan ha'esh kezahav. Just like gold is purified in a fire, so too Avram Avinu was purified in the fire. Kesef ze Yitzchak. Shenitzraf kekesef. Algabi amizbeach. Just like silver is purified, so too Yitzchak is like kesef. Nechoshez ze Yaakov. The copper is Yaakov. Shenemar. Nichashti. As Lavan said, Nichashti. I used my magic. Vayabarcheni Hashem biglalech. And Hashem bless me, big Olech, for you. So that's Yaakov. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Yaakov is the Nechoshes, Yitzchak is the silver, and Avraham is the gold. Esther Shrab, two questions. Number one, three questions. What's the message of Zav, Kesef, Nechoshes, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov? Just a word game? Word connecting, fire. Number two, we usually consider Yaakov Avinu as the Bechir Ha'avos. Yaakov is the ultimate. Yaakov, Alpit Kabbalah, is Tiferes, that splendor, that's all the Midos, the first one that only produced Sadikim. So Yaakov is the, and Yaakov is Nechoshes. Yaakov's copper. Avram's the gold. We went down. Zav, Kesem, Nechoshes. Number two. So what's the whole message of the Medrash? Number two, why is Avraham the greatest and Yaakov seems to be the worst? And number three, how is, what's the connection to Yaakov? Yaakov is Nechoshes. Why? Because Lavan said, Nichashti. That's the godless of, of Yaakov. That Lavan said, I saw my crystal ball and I saw that all my success was because of you. That's the godless of Yaakov Avinu. Says Rav Schwab, it's not a question of better or worse. It's different. Three different materials describing and parallel to three different lives of our Avos. The Nero Lafarish, line 13. Shahare Hazav Bitivo Yeshloziv Yofi Vein Bosig. Out of the three materials, gold is the most naturally seen and obvious. You see something gold, it shines. It, it, it doesn't have to be even cleansed so much. It's there, it's shiny, it's valuable. Inherently, there is less dross, right? The psoles on these materials, there's very little on gold. Avokesef, silver. Silver's got to be cleansed very much. After you work hard on the silver, it becomes nucky and saraf and pure. And it's seen in all of its glory. That's silver. What about the copper? Copper has a totally different attribute that gold and silver do not have. Shemitchila is just the opposite, you might say, of silver. Shemitchila ha'yanare pashun ma'od ve'en lo ziba ha'dakla'u. 
At the beginning, copper looks like nothing. Nothing, it's metal. It's metal, it's strong. doesn't look very, very valuable. But as you shine it, as you scrub it, as you work at it, then you realize, then you realize it has value. It can be shiny. It can give you a reflection. That's nechoshes. Says Rav Schwab, now we understand the Mishalem of the Medrash. It's not better and worse. It's three descriptions of the lives of the Avos. Who is the Av that was the most famous in the sense of spreading Yahadus? Avram Avinu. The Rambam describes in Hilchas Avodas Kochavim the spiritual parade that took place at the time of Avram. He went around to the whole world. The whole world at that time was all in this area. The Middle East. He went around spreading monotheism. And Avram Avinu went. He was like gold. He was shining. He was obvious. Everybody saw him. Everybody noticed him. From a young age, he broke his father's idols. And from then on, he was on the front page. That's Avraham. Gold. Clear. Obvious. Yitzchak wasn't so obvious. As we know, Yitzchak was the quietest of the Avos. We know the least about Yitzchak Avinu. And even towards the beginning of his life, it wasn't 100% clear that he was going to be the one. Even after. Avram Avinu, remember, loved Yishmael. Yishmael, Yitzchak. I love both of them. But he told me to kill Yitzchak. So is it really going to happen? And Rav Schwab describes the walk to the Akedah. What does it say there? Shnei Na'aravimo. Who was there? According to one of the Targumim, Eliezer and Yishmael were walking. Eliezer, Yishmael, Yitzchak, and Avraham. So they were all walking. So it describes Rav Schwab. Eliezer, he was at Sadiq Gomor. Moshe B'chalashalo, Shalit B'Yitzro Karabo. And quotes, he learned a lot. Yishmael at this time, it's already about Shuva. Right? He threw him out. Avraham threw him out, but now he's back. So Yitzchak was also there. So who was going to be the Kadosh? Who was going to be the one to carry the torch? Not so clear. At this, yes, maybe Yitzchak, but maybe, maybe God changed his mind, Kaviyachol. Avram is thinking. V'im Kain, the te- top of the next column. Hayukan Sadegomer, Ubal Tshuva, V'lo hayon mevurar sheyitzchak hua yachid b'neihem. Only once they get to the Makom HaAkeda, and only Yitzchak sees the cloud. Now he's picked. Now I see he's the one. Silver. Silver has a lot of dirt and dross. You can't tell. You can't see. It's, it's special value until later, until you work at it, until afterwards you realize he is the one. Everybody else stays here. Amad Domelachamar quotes the Medrash. And then you get to Yaakov. What's Nechoshes? Next paragraph. Yaakov Avinu arguably had the hardest life out of all the Avos. Right, the amazing Rashi that we quoted about Tsaris Yosef, Tsaris Asab, Tsaris Lavan, Tsaris Dina, Tsaris Tsaris Shimon and Levi. Everybody, The world didn't know how great Yaakov was. Nobody knew. He was starving. Right, he was in Canaan. Here, maybe they had a bad reputation because of what they, they, his sons did to Shechem. 
Shafilu Kishara Lavan, Shabalo Asfakabrubai the Yaakov, and even when Lavan sees, he doesn't say, Oh Yaakov, you're an amazing person. He doesn't say that. He just thinks he has great mazel. He has great mazel. Nichashti. I saw it in my in my magic. Through my nichush, I saw you have good mazel. That's nechoshes. Nobody knows its value. It's tremendously valuable. We use copper for a lot of things, but it doesn't look like anything from the outside. That's why Yaakov is compared to nechoshes. So it's not better or worse. It's three different lives of our avos. And says Rav Shwabu Olam Yeshnan Ba'am Yisrael Shalosh Bechinos Halalu. There are always different Bechinos of right in Am Yisrael. We have all these different. There are the obvious Sadikim. There are the ones that ultimately become obvious, and there and there are those that we don't know about. Gemara says in Masecha Sukkah there are thirty six Sadikim that are Makabah Pereshchina every single day. That's the source for the Lamed Vav Sadikim. We don't know who they are. But we know, they're the Nechoshes, they're the hidden ones. They're the Yaakov of Venus. So the Medrash, Zav, Kesem, and Nechoshes, that's Avram, Yisak, and Yaakov. Good. Last point on the Parsha, before we're going to end with two thoughts on the Haftorah. So now though, let's get to the Parsha. Perachaf, hey, Pasachaf, one other. Let's talk about one of the Kalim. And see it through the eyes of Rav Rivlin, the Mashkiach of Karabiyavna. Says Rav Rivlin, amazing question. If you look back to, not back, forward, to Parshas Achremos, the description of the Avoda of Yom HaKippurim, there's one clea that keeps coming up over and over again. We know that the special Avoda of, the, of Yom Kippur is in the Kodesh Kadashim. What's in the Kodesh Kadashim? The Aron. The Aron. So you would have thought that the word that would keep coming up over and over and over again would be the Ketoros is brought to the Aron and the, and the blood is sprinkled to the Aron and the Aron and the Aron and the Aron. Or maybe the Luchos Habris because that's what's in the Aron. No. What is the description? Where does the Kohen sprinkle the blood towards? The Kapores. The Kapores is what keeps coming up. Me'ala Kapores, Lofnea Kapores. The Kapores, the cover of the Aron. That seems to be such a central theme in the Avodah of Yom Kippur. And the question is, what is so significant about the Kapores? It's part of the Aron. It's described. In Perachafei Pasachaf, V'hayu Kruvim. yes, it's the base of the Kruvim. V'hayakruvim parseichanafayim lamala, the Kruvim have their wings spread, sochachim b'chanfayim ala kapores, ufneim ishalachiv, their wings are spread on the kapores, and their faces are to each other, ala kapores yupneim kruvim, v'nasata is a kapores alara melmala, alara natitena seitus. Okay. And then it says, what's pasichav base? V'noadziz l'chasham. What would you expect? I'll talk to you from on top of the Aron. No. V'dibarti yitcha me'al ha kapores. Who cares about the kapores? I'll talk to you on top of the cover. Who cares about the cover of the Aron? Just say, I'll talk to you. Of course the Aron has a cover. But I'm talking to you on top of the Aron. The, the, the cover is so significant? That slab of gold? Oh, it's between the Kruvim on the Aron. So just say on the Aron. We know the Kruvim are there. We know the kapores is there. What is so significant about the kapores? Says Rav Rivlin. Again, we're not going to read the whole thing. 
but I gave you bits and pieces of it. The aro, the kaporas, he says, serves a dual function. A dual function. He quotes all the psukim first that have to do with era ala kaporas, vikisa anana kores esa kaporas. The cloud of the kaporas will cover the kaporas. Thank you. It won't cover the aron. It'll cover the kaporas. What's so significant? You take the blood. It's belate. Once you hear the ha'ara, it like screams out at you. There will never be another Yom Kippur where we will hear the laning and we won't think about this. Because it screams out. Kaporas, kaporas, what's so significant? Says Rav Rivlin, it's not a mikra. Because the kaporas serves a dual function. And it's the po- it's the fact that it serves the dual function that gives it its significance, not as a separate kli, but what it signifies. On the one hand, the kapores is the cover; it's the cover of the aron. Kapores is from the lashon. We mentioned this in Shabbos Shuvah, actually. Kapores is from the lashon. It's connected to kapara, right? Kapara on Yom Kippur. We get a kapara. What does kapara mean? Wiped away, covered away, separated. Hashem has given us kapara savonos. What does that mean? There's like a mechitza between our averos and us. That's what a kaporis does. It covers. Ubarahur line seven. Hakesher ben kaporis le kapara. Kisuya chait vahalamaso. Lama nikrashma kaporis. The vishaisa machaparis lavanos ancho Yisrael. Kaporis is from the word. <coughs> From the word kapara to cover. So on the one hand, it is co- covers what is inside. It covers the aron. I'm sorry. It covers the aron and it covers the the luchos haedos inside. But on the other hand, it also, which symbolizes, let me just foreshadow, which symbolizes the luchos are now maiso, what we did the second luchos, and it symbolizes. What comes from us? But on the other hand, the kaporis is also the base of the kruvim. It's a holder for the kruvim. What are the kruvim? What is the simplest translation of kruv? He quotes based on psukim and based on rishonim. A kruv is a malach. Yes, the, the, the Gemara also says children, but it's a malach. Look in Yechezkel. He quotes Rashi. Rashi says in Bereshis. A kruv is a malach. Different types of kruv of, of malachim are meant by kruvim. Chazal Kavu, line 22. Keep going. Kruvim halalu lama. And why do we need symbols of malachim on top of the aron right there, we see kruvim here, there are other kruvim above, and there are other kruvim, other kruvim. The Rambam lists off ten levels of malachim. If we see a symbol of one set of malachim, that will remind us of going up and up and up and up and up, and who is the Yoshev HaKruvim? HaKadosh Baruch. So a figure reminding us of a malach. You can't give a form of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, there's no such thing. But a malach, and we know going all the way up in a Kaddish Baruch Hu is the Yosheva Kruvim that will remind us of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, he quotes, Al derech apshat, ha-kruvim b'mikdash u'emishkan edus l'mitzios malachim. 
That's testimony of the reality of Malachim. Just like we have to believe in God, we also believe that God set up a system. This is Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar talking. To believe that Kodesh Baruch Hu created forces. And he quotes other sources related to related to this. Next page. So the kapora symbolizes as, is functions as a base for kruvim, which symbolize malachim, which symbolize hakadosh baruch above them, symbolizing the olam haruchani. So says Rav Rivlin, if we think about it in this way, what is the kaporas? It's the cover symbolizing kapara, symbolizing the olam hatachton. The Torah is inside. Our rule book is inside. The Luchos. And amazingly, if you think about it, the broken Luchos and the whole Luchos. Broken, broken Luchos symbolizing our Chataim, the Cheta Egel. But it's there too, right along with the second Luchos. All of that is there that's symbolizing our world, symbolizing our falls and our achievements. Luchos Rishonos, Luchos Shnios. It covers that up. Because we don't want to remember our faults. And it's the, it's the symbol of kapara on Yom Kippur. But it's also the base and the stands for the kruvim. The malachim. The, and reminding us of the Yosheva kruvim. This is the transitionary and unifying vessel. Where HaKadosh Baruch Hu talks to us, kruvim on the kapores. That's why all of Yom Kippur is all about that vessel. That part of a vessel. Because that's the, that's the segue of the... Ruchnius and the Gashmius world. You can even use this to connect to, that's why the Gemara in Sukkah tells us that the height of a Sukkah is learned out from the height of the Aron, with the Kapores being the Schach. There's a lot more that one can add to this, but that is Rav Okay. Let's move on now. We don't usually get to talk about the Haftorah, but I felt if last, last week and the next three weeks we're going to have special Haftorahs, not Parsha related... So we should do that. Torah of one parsha. So we're going to read parsha Shruma this week. Last week was Shkalim. Next couple of weeks will be Zachar, Parah, and Chodesh. Let's talk about the Torah a little bit. What is the Torah? The Torah is Melachim Aleph, Shlomo HaMelech, finishing up building the Beis HaMikdash. So two thoughts. Two thoughts on the Torah. First thought is a Medrash Tanchuma. The Medrash Tanchuma talks about that we know that there are certain types of rocks and stones that are able to be used in certain places in the Beis HaMikdash, Mizbeach, and certain places not. Says the Pasuk in the Navi, see the source number 10, Umakavos garzen kokli barzel onishma badayis bihibanoso. I don't want to hear any saws or axes, any metal cleave in the Beis HaMikdash. The Medrash says, "Babayis eno nishma, avol b'chutz nishma." What? Only in the house you can't hear it in the base of English, but outside you can. Umani mekayim, but didn't we learn in the Parshas Yisro? V'mizbach avanim lasalilo sivne asen gazis. You're not allowed to use any yun stones for the mizbeach. Bo yatabone gazis, avol atabone behechol ubekodesh kadashim gazis. The outside mizbeach 
is not allowed to have any hewn stones. Not allowed to cut them with a, with a sharp instrument. The Heichal, the Kodesh Kadashim, they could use cut stones. You might have said, a Kavachomer, the opposite way, says the Medrash. Umayim is Beach, If the Mizbeach, which has a lower Kedusha, you cannot use hewn stones. The Heichal, the Kodesh Kadashim, surely you can. Tamalomer, that's why we have this Leibud. That's the Halacha, says the Medrash. You're not allowed to use hewn stones. You're not allowed to cut stones for the Mizbeach, but you are allowed to for the Kodesh Kadashim and for the Heichal. Why? Why? Okay, why? Says the Musar Hanavim. Musar Hanavim is a beautiful sefer written by uh, Rav Ginsburg, Rabbi Ginsburg, from Denver, Colorado. It's been out for a while. So the Musar Hanavim, he quotes, right, he quotes all the Midrashim and he has a commentary on the bottom. Why is that? Why? Exactly the Havamin, the Kavachome that we reject. Vahanira Lomar. Second column, he says, you know what the difference is? Mishum What is the Mizbeach Achitzon mostly used for? I'm sorry. Yun stones, as we know, symbolize Cherev. A sword. A sword generally has no place. Usually. But the Mizbeach HaChitzon is mostly, not all, but mostly used for individuals' sacrifices. Carbon Chatas, Carbon Shlamim, Carbon Ola. Yes, the Carbon Tumit is brought there too. But most of the Carbonos that are brought on them is big Mizbeach. The Mizbeach HaChitzon are Carbonus Yachid. The inside, the Kehecha, what do you do in the Hecha? What do you do in the Kodesh Kodashim? All seabor related activities. The menorah, the lechem apanim, the zrikos of the karbanos of, of Yom Kippur. The seabor, Klau Yisrael as a seabor sometimes have to pick up swords. We don't have a choice about it. Yechidim in our lives, swords are inappropriate. Klau Yisrael, there are many times in history, even today, where we have to pick up swords. Because we are the Tzivos Hashem. We are God's army. And we have to pick up swords. So when it comes to the Heichal, when it comes to Tzibor related issues, then there are times that it's very appropriate. It's even a mitzvah and a chiyuv. when it comes to Yachid, then swords are inappropriate. That's the message, as the Musra Nevi'im, many years ago, relating to the Medrash. What final thought related? This is a thought about the Pasik that we don't read in the Haftorah. What do I mean? The Haftorah describes, if you look at it, the Shlomo HaMelech right, finishing up building the Beis HaMikdash, obvious parallel to the Perak He and Perak Vav in Malach HaMalef, and the Pasik says, it was 480 years after Yetzirah Mitzrayim in Chodesh Ziv, that's Chodesh Iyar, and Vabayis and describes the house, then they've tried the base of Migdash and all the different details. And all the way at the end of the Haftorah, by Yidvar Hashem El Shlomo Lemar, Hashem comes to Shlomo and says, If you want to look at this, you have this in Source 12, Pasigud Beis. If you follow my ways, and you follow my mitzvot, you keep my mitzvot, I'll keep my word. 
Your base amigdash will be fine. And I won't leave Am Yisrael. Those who don't have a Chumash open now, that's the end of the Haftorah. So Hashem says, you do what I say, wonderful, I'm not going to leave. It sounds like, if we would stop the Haftorah, if we wouldn't look at the Navi, we would think, we get the impression, the base amigdash is built, Hashem says to Shlomo, after it's built, okay, Keep my Torah, keep my mitzvahs, and then we'll be fine. But if you look in the next Pasik, it's in the middle of build, being built. It's not over yet. Next Pasik. He's continuing to build it. Ask the Radak. Or the Radak doesn't ask. He just makes the Ha'ara in source number 13. In the middle of the process, Achia Shiloni comes and gives Shlomo this message. Shlomo, if you follow my Torah, the base of English is going to be fine. If not, not. What's going on here? Hashem in the middle of the building, tell him before he starts, or tell him after he's finished. You get the impression, maybe that's why the Torah ends there. So we're not confused. Ask the Abarbanel. Why did... The Navi, why did Hashem have to give Shlomo a message? Mamish in the middle of the building. Says the Abarbanel. Shlomo HaMelech was using the most unbelievably strong materials. He's getting cedar wood from up north, and he's getting these stones, he's getting this and that. Shlomo is in the mentality of, I'm building this building to last. This is going to be the Titanic of buildings. This is going to be unbelievable. Shlomo has the attitude of this is going to be forever. Hashem in the middle of the process sees that and has to go to Shlomo and say, Shlomo, Shlomo, don't think that your strong, unbelievable materials are going to make it last. You could have the strongest materials. It doesn't make a difference. You could have the weakest materials. It's all totally on the Shmias of Hashem. You listen to me, it's going to last. If you don't listen to me, it's not going to last. That's all it's totally on. And that's why Hashem has to say that. And that's really, if you think about it, what do we call the Beis HaMikdash? Sukkas David. We call it David because he, he sanctified the, the Ritzvah, but we call it a Sukkah. Maybe to give this message of the Abarbanel because it's no better than a Sukkah, than a flimsy structure. It's going to last if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it to last. I'll give you 410 years, 420 years. But Shlomo, we need that, you need that message, and we all need that message. If we ever want anything to last, physical or any project to last, it's all totally on the Shmiah of the Dvar Hashem. It's all totally on that. No matter how permanent we think something is, it's all totally on what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. Im telech Right, we don't want to think about that so much, so we end the Haftorah. But we have to realize that that's the message that we need to hear. Be'ez Hashem, we shall be zochet to have that as our as our motto. Again, next week, Be'ez Hashem, will be Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, uh, same time.